Coming up this week, hear all about Monica's family trip to Walt Disney World. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Mouse and Back. I'm very sorry that there was no episode last week. As you can probably hear from my voice, I came down with a pretty nasty cold and I'm still recuperating almost two weeks later. With that said, I am going to keep this intro short to preserve my voice as much as possible. So I hope you enjoy hearing all about Monica's trip. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm a little bit sad because your Disney trip is coming up way sooner than my Disney trip. So I'm going to be living vicariously through you for the next for the next little bit. So I'm, I'm excited for you. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. So before we start talking about the trip that you have coming up, tell me what is your Disney history? So I went to Disney World a few times growing up, maybe three times. Um, But living out in Arizona, we've been to Disneyland with my family much more frequently, probably four or five times. This will actually be our second time taking my family to Walt Disney World. We were there in October of 2015. So we've been saving and planning and couldn't wait to get back. Awesome. All right. So you talked about your family. Is that who's going to be going on the trip with you? Yes, that'll be my husband and then my three kids. I have daughters who are 13 and 12 and a son who just turned 10. All right. So you've got the teenagers and the the tweenagers. Is that what, what we're calling them these days? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about what is your planning style? Do you prefer to get really detailed and have a pretty structured plan? Do you prefer to build in as much flexibility as possible? Where do you fall on that scale? I am pretty structured. I've actually been planning for months and months, reading blogs. I made um, spreadsheets and flowcharts and took all kinds of data from multiple websites to try to figure out the very best days to go to which parks and what's the best touring plan and how to maximize your fast passes. So I'm not super organized in my regular life, but in Disney, I'm very, very organized. (laughs) I gave my mom such a hard time growing up because we went to Disney a couple of times and I always called her the vacation Nazi because she was, you know, waking us up early to go to the parks. And I was like, oh, mom, we're supposed to be relaxing. And now I'm like, this is the one day we are allowed to sleep in every other day. We will be up at this time. We'll be going to this place. So I've totally become my mom and I totally get that, like the structure of we're going to have some, we're going to make this as fun as possible. And by doing that, we're going to maximize the efficiency. So absolutely. In fact, I didn't do it this time. But when we went in 2015, I made my kids do what we call Disney conditioning camp. (laughs) Beforehand, I made them go on walks so that they would be not complaining that their feet hurt or they were tired or whatever. I love it. I mean, especially at that age, you really cannot get away with a stroller. Yeah. So what are your trip dates? We will be um, will be gone from the 5th through the 15th of October, though we will only be in the parks from the 6th through the 13th. Okay, the 6th through the 13th. All right. And how are you going to be getting there? We're flying. Flying. Do you have a direct flight or is it connecting? Um, on the way there, we have to connect in San Diego, which is kind of counterproductive because being in Arizona, we have to go to west of San Diego and then right. switch 
planes and travel to Orlando, but that was the best um, combination of times and prices and things like that. On the way home, we do have a nonstop flight. Okay, awesome. All right. So those trip dates in October, how did you pick those dates? It's my kids fall break at school. Okay. So where are you going to be staying? We um, own a timeshare. And so we are going to be staying at the Wyndham Bonnet Creek Resort, which is technically on Disney property, but it is not owned by Disney. It's a Wyndham Resort. Okay. What kind of room will you have when you're staying there? It's a two-bedroom condo. Um, we stayed there in 2015, and it's got a really nice setup, a full kitchen, laundry facilities. Um, I think it had two full bathrooms along with the bedrooms, and so we had a lot of room to spread out. It's a pretty big resort. There's six towers there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I've heard of that before, but I'm I'm definitely not super familiar with it. Is this the kind of timeshare that you can use a variety of places or are you only able to use it in Orlando? How does that work? Well, technically, our home resort is not in Orlando. It's in um, uh, Branson, Missouri. So this is the type where you get a certain amount of points and you can trade them. So we actually had to save up more than a year's worth of points to trade um, for we really wanted a two bedroom with three kids. A one bedroom is really tight. And yeah. so um, we were able to luckily use it. I had to book it way back in December of 2017 to make sure that I could get the dates that we wanted in the, the two bedroom condo. Okay, awesome. Now, how will you be getting around when you're in Orlando? We've rented a minivan. Okay, awesome. Picking that up at the airport. Yeah, we'll pick it up from the Alamo counter at the airport. And then luckily, the resort does not charge for parking. So that's good since Disney upped their parking prices recently, I believe. Yes. Um, the resort does have a shuttle, but they do charge a fee. And I think when I calculated it, we were going to save very little money on the shuttle. And we figured the flexibility of having our own vehicle was worth the spending to have it and be able to drive to the parks. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that, and then it gives you that extra flexibility and right. not having to stress out about that. So you said that uh, it was the 5th through the 15th, but you'd be in the parks the 6th through the 13th. What are those days before and after the trip going to be? Um, the 5th is just a travel day. Coming from the West Coast, it'll take us almost a whole day to get there with the time change. Uh huh. And then on Sunday... Day the 14th, um, I think we're just going to possibly go around Disney Springs. We might go and explore some of the Disney resorts. I've never seen any of them. And so we thought we might go eat at one. We have a reservation at Beaches and Cream one day. Um, and then that Monday, our plane doesn't leave till about six o'clock in the evening. So we have a little bit of time also to kind of go around, explore Disney Springs. We might visit the um, Disney Character Warehouse at the outlets, see if there's any last minute souvenirs we need. Okay. Awesome. So then the 6th through the 13th, you have set aside for park days. How many days worth of tickets do you have? We have seven day, um, one park per day tickets. And then on one of those days, um, my daughters and I are going to the Halloween party. So on Columbus Day, that's Monday the 8th, um, we won't be visiting the parks except for my daughters and I will go to that um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. And then on the Thursday of that trip, my whole family will visit the Halloween party, but we've incorporated that into a day that we already plan on being a Magic Kingdom. Okay, awesome. 
All right. So with seven day park tickets and then the additional times at the Halloween party, how did you decide how you wanted to divide out your time between the parks? Well, we knew from our previous trip that we definitely needed two days at Magic Kingdom. Um, with the Epcot Food and Wine Festival going on, last time we went on our trip, we only had one day, and we said that's not enough. <laughs> so we knew it was easily two days for Magic Kingdom, two days for Epcot. The difficulty came in trying to determine, did we want two days at Animal Kingdom and only one day at Hollywood Studios, or vice versa? Um, and we really just kind of sat down and looked at the attractions that we thought we wanted to do at each park to see, all right, can we can we get everything done in one day at Hollywood Studios? Yes, we can. All right, then let's go ahead and give ourselves a couple days at Animal Kingdom. I mean, they both while we're there, they both have the same park hours. They're a little more uh, a little less than Epcot and Magic Kingdom. They, I think they're closing at eight o'clock both days that we're there. So um that was, we agonized a lot about, <laughs> oh, what if, and, you know, I love the Tower of Terror. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite attraction, and um, especially because they rethemed it at Disneyland, and I don't, the Guardians of the Galaxy are fine, but I really liked that classic, original Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. So I was thinking to myself, gosh, only one day at Hollywood Studios, can I ride that attraction as many times as I want to, because <laughs> <laughs> that's my one bite at the apple. But um, I guess we have a tiny bit of flexibility. The first day that we are visiting parks is our Hollywood Studios day. So in theory, I guess we could change our plans mid-trip. I don't see that happening just because of dining reservations and fast passes and all the plans I've already made. But I guess in an emergency, we could. <laughs> an emergency being, of course, you need to ride Tower of Terror five or six more times. That is right. An elevator emergency. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And I, I agree with that. I think that makes sense. Hollywood Studios right now is just, you know, Toy Story Land is open now, which is good. But even that only added two new attractions. And, you know, those tend to be, you know, they're a little more little kiddish. So until Galaxy's Edge opens, Hollywood Studios is just a construction zone. I know. So I get that. I totally get that. Okay. So let's talk about each of the parks. Since you're going to be going to all four of them, let's talk about Magic Kingdom first. What are the highlights that you're most excited about for Magic Kingdom? We love Splash Mountain. That's one of those attractions that we ride multiple, multiple times. I love the Haunted Mansion. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing all of the holiday theming, what they do at Halloween time, not just with the attractions, but all of the, the fall decorations, the pumpkins and the specialty treats and just really that feel. Halloween is my 100% favorite time of year. I wish it could be Halloween all year long. So <laughs> just the Magic Kingdom atmosphere, I think, is going to be really awesome. Um, you know, we tend to be thrill ride people. So my husband loves Space Mountain and um, we still like going on all the rides. I have a lot of nostalgic feelings for things like the Jungle Cruise and the Tiki Room. So even though my family doesn't love the Tiki Room, I've already told them, get yourself a Dole Whip because we're going. <laughs> so now you said there's one day that you guys are all going to go to the Halloween party, right? That's right. So I'll be curious to see with your husband being a big Space Mountain fan, I'll be curious to see what he thinks of the Halloween party version of Space Mountain. Yes, and especially since we've been to Disneyland at Halloween time when they do a whole separate ghost galaxy. Uh -huh. It's a, a pretty big deal. 
Um, I am looking, I, I do like, you know, a lot of times people talk about Disneyland versus Disney World, what is different. I will say, I'm really looking forward to the classic Haunted Mansion. I'm one of those people who is not a fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas. So mm. when they do that at Disneyland, I really don't love that. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, I know I'm in the minority on that, but I'm looking forward to the very traditional Haunted Mansion from all those years ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what about Epcot? What are you most excited about for Epcot? We have not been there since the Frozen After Ever After opened, so we're excited to go on that. Um, and I'm really excited about the food and wine and just having time to explore the World Showcase. Um, the last time we went, we did see it, but it was it was pretty quick. You know, it was like that 26 countries in three days Europe trip or whatever. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. Of course, Test Track is a great one. Um, Soren is another fun one, and I can't remember if we've been there since they changed it or not. Maybe not. So that'll be something different for us. Okay. So you guys have two days at Epcot and you're planning to hit all three of the headliners at Epcot. So how did you do your fast pass strategy or your kind of rope drop strategy? How are you planning to hit all three of those attractions? Um, we were able to get a fast pass for Frozen Ever After. We got lucky. And on one of the other days, we got a fast pass for Soren. Um, and so we were planning on, no, it's not a fast pass for Soren. It's, it's a fast pass for Test Track. Okay. Um, we were planning on probably rope dropping Soren on one day and Test Track on another. I will say um, my son, who's 10, is on the autism spectrum. So we will likely be accessing the disability access service. Okay. Um, and so if we run into something that has significant weights, that helps out because it acts almost like a fast pass. You know, you still have to wait the certain amount of time. Um, you just don't have to wait in the standby queue. Yeah. So that's given us a little bit more flexibility to say, okay, you know, we can probably ride the frozen attraction more than once. Um, if the line is horribly long, we can look into using the disability access service. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I love that Disney has that available to families who need it because I know plenty of families that it, standing in lines like that is just not realistic for them. So I love that it gives that flexibility. Yeah, it, Disney does a really good job, I think, of trying to accommodate all guests, but we have used the disability access service in the past and have not had any problems with it. It's worked very well in, in the instances that we needed it. Yeah, it's, you know, Disney's expensive. There's no way around it. it. It's definitely expensive. But I love that when you have families with, you know, kids that are special needs, kids with food allergies, you know, these things like that, that you're still able to go to Disney and have a great vacation. I love that Disney takes the money that we spend and invests it in things like that. Right. So awesome. Okay. All right. So Animal Kingdom, what are you most excited about for your two days at Animal Kingdom? The Pandora. Um, my daughters actually went to Disney World this summer with a, a choir group they were with. So they have actually gone on Flight of Passage and the other Pandora ride, the name is escaping me, but um, I haven't. And everyone that I've talked to said it is just incredible. I mean, my daughters had to wait probably, oh, like 180 minutes. It was a long wait. They yeah. were waiting standby queue. And they were like, mom, it's totally worth it. <laughs> it's worth standing in line that much time. So I'm most excited about that. Um, we love Expedition Everest. That's a great one. And I'm really excited because 
This time we have the opportunity to go on the safaris twice. And so I booked a fast pass for one that's kind of mid-morning and another fast pass on a different day for an evening safari. Cause I heard you kind of get a different, different vibe, maybe see some other animals. And I'm, I'm excited to have that different opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. All right. So what about Hollywood studios? Well, of course, Tower of Terror. Of course. Um, you know, we're going to we're gonna try out the Slinky Dog Coaster and the Alien Saucers. Um, my The rest of my family loves the Rock and Roller Coaster, and I like it, too. Um, it'll be exciting because the last time we went, my son didn't meet the height requirements. And so, you know, he had to wait with either mom or dad while sisters got to go on the ride. And uh-huh. so he's been talking quite a bit about how excited he is. He finally gets to ride that. Um, he calls it a fun, scary ride, um, but he's, he's excited. He told me he's a a little bit afraid to go upside down, but mostly excited. So it'll be nice to see how he reacts to that for the first time. Awesome. Okay. Very cool. So it sounds like lots and lots, like you said, you guys are thrill ride people. So I'm definitely hearing lots of the thrill rides that you guys are excited about. So very cool. Now, how do you typically do meals? Um, What do you typically do for breakfast? I know you mentioned you have some dining reservations. So how do you tend to do that? So breakfast, what we um, plan on doing, I actually pack in my suitcase things like bagels and peanut butter and, and cereal. I even packed bananas and grapes last time. And we eat either in the condo or if we're short for time, um, because we're rope drop people, I'm like, grab the food, kids, and while we stand in line and we wait, (laughs) you can eat cereal, you can get sunscreened, all that kind of thing. So typically, um, breakfasts are kind of on our own to save some money. I have made uh, some dining reservations for every park except for Animal Kingdom. There wasn't really anything that we were particularly interested in, but at Magic Kingdom, we're going to try out the Skipper Canteen. Okay. Uh, That had not opened the last time we were there, and I've been seeing really great reviews and that it's a little bit different. I'm excited about the theming and about um, something that's kind of away from chicken nuggets and hot dogs. Yeah. (laughs) A little different fare. Um, At Epcot, we have a dining reservation from Via Napoli. I'm a huge pizza fan and people always rave about that being one of the best pizza places ever. So we're excited to go there. So then at Hollywood Studios, just last night, I got, I finally got a reservation for the Sci-Fi Dine-In. I've been trying for like four months, probably. <laughs> and it, uh, it just popped up and we went there last time and just such neat theming. And the food wasn't bad either, you know, because the, the advanced dining, those sit-down restaurants, they're, they're not cheap. Nothing at Disney is, but it's a good amount of money and it's, I feel like sometimes a rare thing that you get a Disney restaurant that has both great food and great theming. So sci-fi dining, like I said, I've been trying, trying and trying and trying and finally a reservation popped up. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. And that just shows, I mean, especially here in the, you know, week or two before you go, people are making changes and there's always things that pop up. So good for you for keeping on that. Well, yeah. In fact, we had we had a different reservation. We had a fantastic dining package at Mama Melrose, um, and I actually dropped it for Sci-Fi. I figured we'll just take our chances and stand in line for um, for Fantasmic instead of going with the dining package. I kind of looked at Mama Melrose menu and I thought, I don't think my kids are going to eat forty dollars worth of food. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and of course, the best part is that somebody out there has been obsessively looking for a Mama Melrose Fantasmic package. And then exactly. it opened up when you dropped yours. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Now, I'm curious about the FastPass process. So I know when you're staying offsite, you book 30 days in advance. And, you know, I think a lot of people stay onsite for that, you know, 60 days thinking that like, oh, if if I don't stay on site and I can't book 60 days in advance, I'm not going to get any of the rides that I want. What was your experience going in and making those fast pass reservations? The only ones that were gone, even when I logged on, and I mean, it's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's 4 a.m. in Phoenix. So for <laughs> seven days in a row, I set an alarm for 3.55, get on my computer. Um, so when I logged on, really the only ones that were gone, Flight of Passage was gone, Seven Doors Mine Train was gone, and Slinky Dog and Alien Saucers were gone. Everything else was available. And, you know, maybe some of the really big ones were available later in the day. Yeah, I wasn't going to be able to get a morning fast pass for them. But um, but I got pretty much everything I wanted. And I even ended up getting Seven Dwarfs Mine Train because when Disney modified their park hours. Um, I knew to look, they extended the hours at Magic Kingdom on our final night there. And I knew that they oftentimes dropped more fast passes in that extended time. So I kept checking and checking and I was able to pull a fast pass. It's like 9.30 at night, but we were gonna be there till the park closes anyway. Nice, very cool. Awesome, all right. Well, is there anything else about your trip that we have not talked about yet? I don't think so. Perfect. Well, I cannot wait to hear all about it. So I hope you guys have a blast and we will talk to you when you get back. Sounds great. Can't wait. All right. Thanks, Monica. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Monica, welcome back from your trip. Thank you. Did you guys have an absolute blast? Can you go ahead and spoil it for us? Was it, was it a wonderful trip? It was a really, really wonderful trip. We had a lot of fun, a lot of good laughs and experienced some new things that we hadn't really done before and had very few disappointments, actually. Good, good, good. Always good to hear from the beginning to, you know, let me know, do I need to be, you know, setting myself up for some heartbreak or was this a, was this a good Disney trip? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that overall, we're about to hear a good story. So. Yes. Awesome. So you guys were um, flying, you had kind of a weird flying out to San Diego and then yes. back to Orlando. So I know you had some traveling to get there, but you were going to get there on the 6th. So tell me a little bit about how your arrival day went. We actually got there on the 5th, which was the Friday, and we had um, no trouble. We got into Orlando Airport at probably five-ish and we had to get the rental car from Alamo. Um, I would highly recommend that because you can do the online check-in. I had checked in before we even left Phoenix and nice. all we had to do was walk straight into the garage, um, show it. Pick, we didn't even have to show anything till we found a car. And then as we were leaving, we just had to show a copy of the contract and the, the driver's license. So that was very, very easy. None of that waiting in the line at the rental counter, declining all the additional coverage. So I was glad for that. Awesome. And we had a, a no problem getting over to um, the Wyndham Bonnet Creek, which is where we were staying. Chicken was fine. I will say for people who are going there, um, someone had told me before and I was glad I could follow this. It is a timeshare. Um, and of course, like most timeshare places, they want to give you a timeshare presentation. My husband says, we already own a timeshare. We cannot afford another timeshare. We don't <laughs> want to go to a presentation. 
But someone had warned me, you check in at the front desk and then they say, oh, go over here to get your parking pass and um, your welcome packet. Well, someone had told me that's when they're going to try to sign you up to hear a timeshare presentation. And they said, you don't need a parking pass. All you need to get into that. The, there is no parking. Like they don't check on the parking passes and the, the way you get into the parking lot, which is a gated parking lot, is through the use of your room key. Okay. So when they said, go right over there and get your parking pass, I said, oh, I got to go get something out of my car. (laughs) So we went straight to our room. Room was very nice. It was a a two-bedroom condo. One bedroom had a queen and the other two had, or the other bedroom had two doubles, um, giant master bathroom, secondary bathroom, washer dryer, full kitchen, oven, dishwasher, fridge, everything that we could possibly need, a nice sitting room and a really big dining room in addition to a breakfast bar. So the accommodations were quite nice. Um, Parking was plentiful. We didn't have any problems with that. And so that night we just kind of chilled out and got unpacked. We drove to um, actually, yeah, we went back out. We went to a nearby Target to stock up on water, milk, some of those things. Um, I looked into using Amazon Prime now, but the Bonnet Creek was going to charge a fee to receive packages. Uh-huh. So since we already had a rental car and there wasn't, it wasn't a far drive to Target. I think it was like 15 minutes. We just went and picked up staples so that we could eat breakfast in the house, um, not have to pay $4 for a bottle of water at the park, stuff like that. Plus going to Target is like almost as fun as going to Disney World. Yes, yes. And there was so much Disney stuff at this Target. It was insane. The amount of t-shirts and souvenirs and all kinds of stuff. And we we grabbed a quick bite to eat. I don't remember. Oh, Chick-fil-A. We went to Chick-fil-A someplace fast and basically got home so that the kids could get to bed and everybody could get ready to rope drop uh, Hollywood Studios the next day. Awesome. Okay, so your first park was going to be Hollywood Studios. Yes. All right. So how did your first day go? It went really well. Um, We were able to, my son, I mentioned before, he has autism and we were going to be seeking the disability access service pass. We were actually able to get that from the guest services window that's before the tap styles. So while we're waiting for them to let us into the park, we've gone through security, we've parked and all that business. We went right over to guest services. They were very friendly. It took like two minutes to, to get this guest service or the disability access service put on. And I don't know how familiar you are or your listeners are, but it's all electronic. It's linked to your magic band. Um, we did have magic bands, even though we weren't staying on property. Um, the last time we went, we had magic bands and they were so wonderful just with tickets and memory maker and everything that, um, you know, if you stay off property, they cost like $12 unless you want to get a fancy one. So to us, it was definitely worth the additional 60 total dollars for our family to have these magic bands. For people who aren't familiar with that DAS pass, can you talk a little bit about kind of what's the process to get it? And then how does it work when you're in the park? Sure. So the DAS seeks to provide accommodations for people with disabilities so that they can access the park. And it really depends on what your disability is. But what you do is you go to guest services. You don't have to provide any proof. In fact, they can't ask you for any proof due to federal privacy laws. But what you just need to do is we explain to them, hey, 
my son has autism. He has difficulty waiting in long lines. Um, he becomes sometimes agitated or more likely he kind of shuts down and doesn't listen. And I have a, a fear that if he were in the traditional queue during the wait, he would shut down and no longer listen to things like safety instructions or pay attention to his surroundings. So we need an accommodation. And for that type of thing, they say, okay, we're going to give you this. And what you do is when you find an attraction you'd like to go on, anything that has um, any attraction and any character that has a fast pass line, and I think a show that has a fast pass line, but we didn't use it for that. One person in the party approaches that attraction, says, hey, I'd like to get a DAS return time. So then the cast member who's working at that attraction looks at what the standby time is. From that number, they subtract about 10 minutes and they say, okay, you need to come back at such and such a time. So if you show up at two o'clock and it's a 60 minute wait for Splash Mountain, they say, please come back at 2.50 and then go ahead and get into the fast pass line at that point because they estimate it'll probably take, you know, up to about 10 minutes in the fast pass line before you get on the attraction. So unlike the previous pass where it was kind of a front of the line pass, that's not what this does. What it does is you still have to wait just as long as everybody else in standby. The difference is you don't wait physically in the standby queue. You can go someplace else. You can go on another attraction. Um, you can only have one DAS return at a time. So while you're waiting that, you know, 50 minutes to an hour to get on Splash Mountain, you need to either be using your fast passes that you have on other attractions or simply waiting in standby queues with shorter lines. But um, that's, that's essentially how it works. And it, it, I think, does a good job, at least for our family and our needs. It worked very well. Awesome. And then when you guys come back, that's something your whole party can use to stay together? Absolutely. So the way it works is that um, I think the default is they will do it for up to six people, including the person who has the disability. Now, I'm certain if you have a larger family, they're willing to make accommodations. They're not going to say, oh, sorry, you got to leave, you know, sibling number seven out. <laughs> but um, it does require that the person with the disability go on that attraction. Right. But then you all go together. Um, and, and you just have to be, the only thing you have to remember is unlike a fast pass where, you know, if you have five people in your party and they all have the same fast pass, it doesn't matter who scans their magic band first. As long as they're within that time window, they're all good. With the disability access service, when you're returning to that attraction, the person who actually has the disability has to be the first person to scan their ticket or magic band. And then the family, the rest of the family members follow. Okay, awesome. Great. Well, I thank you for explaining that. That's definitely helpful. So, okay. So you were going to rope drop Hollywood Studios. So talk to me about how that went. We did. So we knew um, we were not able to get a fast pass for Slinky Dog or Alien Saucers. We did have a fast pass later in the day for Toy Story Mid Midway Mania. I think it was like around one o'clock. Um, and so we thought, well, with those very, very long lines, likely we will use that disability access service to um, to go on Slinky Dog. So we said, okay, we're going to rope drop Rock and Roller Coaster. That seems like our best bet. And so they let us in past the tap styles. It was probably close to 30 minutes before the actual opening of the park, but they did hold us pretty much on, I can't remember if it's Hollywood or Sunset, that very first um, main drag after you go past the gates. 
And then we headed off to um, Rock and Roller Coaster. They let us go at about, it was a nine o'clock opening, I think 8.45. They let people start actually going to the attractions. Though Rock and Roller Coaster probably didn't start running till close to nine, but we were in line. So we hardly waited any time. Um, there were a couple cute photo opportunities with a photo pass photographer. So my husband and I stood in line. We sent our kids really quickly to go get that photo taken and come back. And we were able to ride that and I think be done by, I don't know, 9.05, 9.10, something like that. Very awesome. Quickly. Yeah. So from there, we went on to Tower of Terror because it was nice and close. And again, it was a pretty short wait. Um, and I think we actually bounced back and forth twice. I think we went Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror. Because by then, we did have a fast pass for Tower of Terror at like 10.30, maybe. So within about, within the first two hours we were able to ride two headliners two times each. Awesome. <clears throat> and, you know, from there, I can't recall exactly what we did. I think we were getting ready to try to have lunch because I really wanted to avoid those super busy lunch hours. And I knew that we had um, a dining reservation at 2.20 for the Sci-Fi Dine-In. So I thought, well, we'll probably want to eat a little earlier lunch so that we're still hungry when it comes around at two o'clock. So we ate at the Backlot Express and just had like nuggets and salads and stuff like that. But it was fine. Not very crowded. Um, you know, there's not much to say about <laughs> Disney nuggets and fries. They're, they're good. They're like, <laughs> they always are. Yeah. Um, and so then about that time, we decided we were going to try to get that return time for the Slinky Dog Dash. And it was pretty long. I don't recall exactly, but it was over an hour that we were going to have to wait. So um, we looked in a few shops. Uh, we were able to use our Fast Pass for Toy Story Mid Midway Mania. We got a good amount of photos taken um, because we had purchased the Memory Maker. I had already trained my family that anytime you see a tan vest, we're going to stop. <laughs> we're going to get those <laughs> pictures taken. So we were able to do that. I will say about Toy Story Land, very crowded, very, very crowded, very hot. Like just so many people and so much blacktop. And so my advice would be get in and get out, really. Try to, to pound out all those attractions. So we were able to do Toy Story Midway Mania and then we were able to use the disability access service for um, Slinky Dog. And then I want to say after that, the Alien Saucers, I don't think it was too long. I think we had to, we didn't wait very long. I think we went standby. Um, that attraction's kind of, I don't think we need to do that again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it kind of just spins around like something you might find at a state fair. The theming is is beautiful. I mean, it's so immersive and just the detail that the Imagineers used in Toy Story Land is incredible. But given that it was probably 91 degrees mm -hmm. and like 90% humidity and thousands and thousands of people were there, we just weren't spending a lot of time looking around. Yeah. Um, and after that, we went out and I can't recall exactly what we did. We may have seen, I don't remember the exact order. We saw the Muppet 3D show, which we hadn't seen before, and that was fine. Um, and then it was probably time for about that time. Oh, I know. Then we went to meet Mickey and Minnie, and that was really cute. Um, you know, Mickey is in his sorcerer costume, and Minnie is in kind of a glamorous gown. And we waited, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes for that, just in the standby queue. And um, it was nice. It was a 
pretty quick interaction. You know, it was pretty much like, oh, I'm going to hug you. I'm going to hug your kids. Take a picture. Okay, move along. So that, <laughs> that was pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but that took us right up to the time for sci-fi. We checked in. We probably had to wait, I'm going to say at least 10, maybe 15 minutes for our table to be ready. But um, our service was great. The food was really, really good. I had the buffalo chicken salad. My daughter had a steak. Uh, there were some milkshakes that people were having. <laughs> um, and we just, I love the ambiance of that place. We, we were watching the trailers from those B movies from the 50s and just laughing at how silly some of them were and, and making jokes. And my kids are like, are these real movies? Can you <laughs> see them? I'm like, they're probably on YouTube somewhere. You can probably find them. So that was a really great, um, a really great meal. And, and I think as table service meals go, I felt like it was pretty affordable. Now the steak that my daughter chose was like $33. It was probably the most expensive thing on the menu, but I want to say my salad was maybe 13, you know, and it was a very, I couldn't finish it. It was a really big salad, very hearty. Um, so I think that the combination of the theming and the quality of food and the affordability really makes Sci-Fi Dine-In one of the best options in terms of table service. Awesome. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. Oh. Um, after that, we this was the only bad thing that happened. We tried to go back and we wanted to ride. I think we rode Tower of Terror again because we did it three times because it was my favorite. And then... We tried to go back to Rock and Roller Coaster, and I think we must have used the disability access service to get there. So we get in, and the attraction breaks. Oh. And they're like, so sorry, we're going to send you out. And yes, we're going to give everybody, you know, a fast pass to come back, and it's good for everything except for uh, the attractions in Toy Story Land. Mm. And I, at that point, I think we decided, oh, yeah. We decided to use it for Fantasmic because I had really been agonizing. I wanted to see Fantasmic. At one point, we had a reservation for a dining package, but I just looked at the menu and I thought, I don't think my kids are going to eat that food. That's a lot of money to basically pay for priority seating at Fantasmic. And there are a lot of good seats available at yeah. Fantasmic. But I also did not want to have to line up an hour in advance and, and waste touring time waiting to go into the amphitheater. So when Rock and Roller Coaster broke down, we decided, because it was closer to the end of the day, we decided to go ahead and use that anytime fast pass for Fantasmic. So we were able to get in there and, and get, you know, pretty good seats. And I just, I think it's a really spectacular show. I would say next to the Hallow Wishes fireworks, it is my favorite night, current nighttime show at the Walt Disney World Resort. Okay. Now, I should say, we did not see Rivers of Light, so I can't compare it to that. But I definitely like it better than Happily Ever After, and I like it better than Illuminations. Um, and after that, it was a little bit of shopping to avoid the crazy crowds of everybody trying to leave the park. We uh -huh. probably shopped for at least 30 or 45 minutes and then made our way to our car and back to our hotel to get ready for the next day. Awesome. And you only had one day at Hollywood Studios, correct? We did. We okay. did. And really, you know, we almost got everything we wanted. We had hoped to see the Frozen sing-along because we'd seen that before and thought it was fantastic. We had hoped to maybe see, um, 
the Indiana Jones stunt show, though we had seen that, and we had hoped to get one more time of rock and roller coaster in. So there was a little bit of regret that we ran out of time. Um, you know, it's hard with an eight o'clock park closing with nine to eight. That sounds like so many hours, but it's not. Yeah. You know, even even with fast passes, even with disability access service, it's just not a lot of time. And when you add in a table service meal, that's great, but that is certainly going to eat up some of your time. Yeah. All right. So what was your next park day? Next park day was the next day, Sunday. We were at our first of two days at Animal Kingdom and we were there to rope drop. Um, Again, we had heard how crazy Pandora was going to be. So we figured we were probably going to need to use the DAS to ride Flight of Passage. Um, We did have a fast pass for late afternoon for the Navi River journey. So we decided, you know what, we're going to head to Expedition Everest. Love it, love it. And the first wrinkle came, and, and I had a plan. I had used the Touring Plans website, and I had it on my phone as well as I had printed it out and laminated it and clipped it to our stroller, and we were ready to go with, you know, step by step by step. And we get to Expedition Everest, and they're like, ooh, sorry, we're having a delayed start today. <laughs> so people were kind of standing around. And we're like, well, maybe we should just stand around because it looks like they're kind of testing it. And, you know, we'll be right here when it opens up. So I went to a cast member. I said, well, when the attraction's running, where is stroller parking? Where should I park the stroller? And she kind of looked at me and she was like, I don't think I'd park my stroller. I think that I would head on to something else because this is going to take a while. Um, And I did appreciate that because obviously they're not going to give a specific number. You know, they're not going to say it will be fixed in 20 minutes. But I did appreciate the fact that she was like, don't waste your time standing here. Yeah. So we headed over to um, the Dino Land. But unfortunately, we're like, okay, great. Let's go on Dinosaur. Yeah, that one was also broken and delayed start. So we were a little kind of taken aback about what are we going to do? do now we knew that we didn't want to head into pandora at that point especially since we had missed any hope of rope dropping it um we knew the safaris were already we were checking wait times those were already close to an hour probably at this point because it was like 9 20 i think so we did a couple little things we rode primeval world we met donald we got like a popcorn bucket and just kind of tried to figure out what to do um Everest came up right around 10 something because we had a fast pass for it. And by the time our fast pass window opened, it was running. So we were able to do that. And we did that uh, two times in a row. We did it with the fast pass and then the line was very short, the standby line. So we just went right back through. Um, Great attraction. I did learn I cannot ride that thing twice in a row. Uh. It just made me just a little, just a little nauseous, just a little dizzy. So I, and it was sad because I, loved it. I was having a great time on the attraction. I think it's so thrilling, but boy, the older I get, the more I get beat up on those rides. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. So that kind of took, um, that took us up to, I can't remember what we did after that, but we had an early lunch. We went to Restaurantosaurus. So, oh, we must've gone back to Dinosaur. We must've gone back and ridden Dinosaur. And I think that's such a great ride. Um, Physically, it feels a lot like the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. I am not a fan of the Indiana Jones ride, but I really like Dinosaur. And I couldn't tell you why I like it, because I'm not particularly into dinosaurs more than Indiana Jones. But I just, I think it's a cool, 
a cool ride. I like the little funny video at the beginning. It's great to see, um, you know, Felicia Rashad. I'm a kid of the eighties. So I grew up on the Cosby show. I'm like, Oh, I know her. She's Mrs. Cosby. Um, so I, I just think that was really great, great attraction. And by that point it was time for us to have some, uh, lunch. So we went to rest- restaurantosaurus cause it was right there and it had gotten decent ratings. And yeah, it was, you know, again, it was another day of nuggets and fries and that kind of thing. And my husband did say like, we're not eating this for dinner. We got to eat something <laughs> a little bit different. And actually come to think of it, I don't think he ended up eating at restaurantosaurus. He went back by himself while we were waiting for the food. He went to eight spoon cafe. I think that's what it's called where they had some sort of seafood macaroni and cheese. Mm. Um, it's, it's a little small kiosk that's kind of, it's on discovery Island kind of near flame tree and all those things. Um, and he said that was really good. So he was able to get some food that was not burgers and nuggets. Um, and then we saw, we, I can't remember exactly all the order, but we definitely saw the bugs live show. We'd never seen that before. And that was really cute. Um, short waits. We had a little bit of rain that day. Very brief. We did a little bit of shopping. We did go on the safari, we had a nighttime safari scheduled and that was great. I had tried really hard to, um, I looked up the time of sunset and I tried to back it up because people had said, Oh, if you're going just at dusk, it can be really good. Don't go too late because then you're just having a safari in the dark and mm. they obviously don't have a lot of lights cause that disturbs, um, the animals. So it was perfect. We got to see lots and lots of animals and probably the coolest part was when we came upon the lions, who are normally sleeping every time I go there, uh-huh. they were waking up and they were roaring. And, you, and so that was really cool. We took a video of that. Um, and that was something that really, I don't think we could have experienced during a daytime safari. And so we got to see a, a lot of, a lot of things. Um, so by then, I think before the safari, I'm jumping around, but at some point we had, sent somebody from my family to go get us a return for flight of passage. So that was going to be, I think when we went to get the return, the wait time was something like 210 minutes. It was insane. Oh, wow. I I felt so sorry for anybody who was actually waiting in that line because that (laughs) would be horrible. But we were able to go and even just to line up with our disability return in the fast pass line, it was long. I was like, is this the fast pass line or tons of people? <laughs> Luckily, right in front of us, there was a cast member with one of those plaid vests, which I think are cast members who are leading special tours or taking around VIP or things like that. So she was like, this line looks bad, but honestly, it's going to move really fast. Don't worry. Yes, this is the fast pass line. No big deal. And she was right. It took, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes in the fast pass line, maybe, maybe more like 15, but by the time we finally got to the attraction. So the, Snag in that was um, we got into the room where they talk about matching your genetic DNA to that of an avatar, and it kept going and going and going. And having never been on the attraction before, my two daughters had been just once, and we were like, Is it supposed to be this long? Because this is a really long time. We've seen this video like a million times. It's just I mean, we probably were in that room. It had to have been 10 minutes. It got to the point where I was knocking on doors like, hello, <laughs> did you forget about us? Like, we're here. 
So finally, they take us out um, into the very next part where you're about to finally go on the attraction. And I did say to the cast member, I was like, uh, is that normal? She said, no, wait, we had a delay and we're going to give you guys an anytime fast pass, oh. you know, as compensation. Yay. That's nice. Um, so we got to, to experience the attraction. I think it is really cool. Um, it is definitely different than anything I had experienced before. It is very, um, very thrilling. You really feel like you are flying. And I did have a tiny bit of motion sickness, but I mean, I, I think it's certainly different than any other Disney attraction. What I will say about Flight of Passage, and my husband kind of said, is even if we hadn't had the 10-minute wait in the genetic matching room, the, the number of videos they show you and the backstory is too long, mm -hmm. especially when you have a long wait. I imagined if I were a person who had waited 210 minutes and I finally got to where I thought I was getting on the attraction and I had to watch another video that didn't really add to the story. It, it didn't really add to it, the experience, I don't think. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, yeah, that totally makes it so much different now that I know this. So I, I just, I feel like they kind of got carried away. Now, I don't know. Did the Imagineers put that in as a way of spreading out people on the ride and kind of working with time so they don't just all line up? I don't know. Maybe there is a method to that and there's a reason they put that in. But I just felt like we just want to get on the attraction. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear about Dr. Jackie Ogden anymore. I don't <laughs> want to hear about whatever initiative this is. I just want to ride the attraction. So we did ride it. It was great. They gave us an anytime fast pass. That kind of took a, a while to get, but that did enable us to go back on Flight of Passage a second time towards the end of the evening. And we kind of decided, well, we can see Rivers of Light or we can do Flight of Passage again. So we chose the attraction, and. Um, you know, obviously we didn't have to wait in the genetic matching room <laughs> nearly as long. That was far better. I don't know that I gained a whole lot going on that a second time. It's such an amazing ride, but I almost wish it were something like Star Tours where there are multiple simulations. Uh. Because I felt like it wasn't, the first time was so thrilling. I mean, stuff is jumping out of the oceans and, and I found myself ducking, like physically, like, oh no, we're going to get hit. By the second time, you're like, oh, this is the part where the tree branches. Oh, yep, this is the part where that happens. And so it it, it didn't thrill as much. It was still really fun. Um, but I, I wish there had been multiple simulations. So by the end of that, we are pretty tired. It had been fairly crowded. And, and I would say throughout our entire trip, hotter than we expected. Um, being from Phoenix, I do hot. No problem. You know, it's triple digits most of the year here. But hot and humid, mm. we don't have that. <laughs> it was it was hot and humid. So um, my husband was kind of grouchy and he was hungry. We sent him to the, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Satui Canteen. Uh -huh. um, he was super happy. The rest of us decided that we didn't really want to eat food there. And since it was an 8 o'clock close, we went back to our hotel and ordered Pizza Hut and kind of had that. So that was the end of our first um our first Animal Kingdom day. Okay. All right. So then the eighth, the next day, what was your park that day? That day we only had, um, three of us had a ticket to the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. Okay. Um, my, my daughters and I, my husband and son were just going to chill out. My husband was going to watch Monday Night Football and they went in the pool. So earlier in the day, my daughters and I went over to Disney Springs um, we grabbed lunch at Chicken Guy. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> the food is, 
And I know I sound like I'm eating chicken and fries again, but these are not just any chicken and fries. Um, it's, I don't know how much you know about it, but it's a Guy Fieri restaurant and they have all these different dipping sauces, probably 20 or more different dipping sauces. The fries are seasoned, they're super crispy. So we were happy to eat there. Um, we looked around at a couple shops. There was one shop I can't recall, but they had, it, it was Disney themed things, but not the typical stuff that you see in the Disney, um, Disney gift shops. So for example, they had t-shirts that I hadn't seen with phrases about like, I live in fantasy land or Mr. Toad's wild ride, or they had little stuffed toys that looked like a Dole Whip. So we looked around there. We didn't really, um, buy anything because at the beginning of the week I said, we'll have an opportunity to come back. Let's just kind of scope this out, see what you're interested in, you know, take a picture or make a note of something. So you remember where it is. And we did go into the photo pass um, studio there because our slinky dog attraction photos were missing and they were taking photos at the photo pass place with some really cool backdrops. Um, things that make it look like you're in the haunted mansion or in a uh, pumpkin patch or on main street with it decorated for Halloween. So that was really cool and didn't take any time at all. And since we had the memory maker, I was like, Oh yes, we'll stop for pictures. Um, and then we decided to go back and get ready for the party. So my daughters and I had decided to kind of, um, we weren't really dressed up exactly. We were kind of Disney bounding for lack of a better word as, uh, the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. Fun. And we had three t-shirts that Disney did three years ago and sold through the Disney store that were made to look like the costume fronts of each Sanderson sister. Um, I'm a redhead, so I was Winnie. Um, one of my daughters is very blonde. She was Sarah and my other daughter is a brunette. So she was Mary. And we kind of did our hair up and some crazy makeup and then just wore like, you know, normal shorts or stuff on the bottom. And we left, we knew we could get in on our park ticket at four. We left our resort at about three because I just wasn't sure how long it was going to take to go through the TTC and um, how long the line was going to be to actually get in on that party ticket. Mm -hmm. They let us in at about... 350 probably not not much before four and they were having um the guests go straight to what they call the bypass the street kind of right behind main street where they had several photo uh, photographers set up with um mainly just props there were frames that said mickey's not so scary halloween party they looked like candy corns there was a giant blow-up pumpkin and you could also get your trick-or-treat bag which had Wreck-It Ralph on it, just a little plastic bag. And they were giving you a candy starter pack. Um, and it was it was a nice candy starter pack. There was a full-sized caramel M&Ms and then probably, I don't know, another five or six fun-sized candies. And it's, it's good candy. I mean, it was like Skittles and Twix and uh, Milky Way and M&Ms and all those kind of things. So nice. we started off with with good candy and, and got a number of um, photos. And then we had managed to get two fast passes on our party ticket. When I tried to book them online, it wouldn't let me do it. But when I chatted with a cast member at my Disney experience support, they were like, yeah, we can give you two. We'll give you one at four and one at five. Fantastic. 
So we had fast passes for Haunted Mansion and Splash. And surprisingly, at that point of the day, the crowds really were not bad. So we did our Haunted Mansion fast pass. And then we were able to go to Big Thunder. And that line was not very long. I think we waited like, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe for that, less than 30. And then we were able to go on the fast pass for Splash Mountain. And then somehow, I think when they'd given us the anytime fast pass for Flight of Passage, somehow it didn't scan or something. Hmm. And so we still had these fast passes. <laughs> so I was like, all right, girls, let's go on Mine Train. Uh-huh. Because it says it'll work on Mine Train and we've got it. So we went on Mine Train and that was great. So within not even two hours, we were able to go on four attractions. Nice. I think there might have even been a fifth. Oh, yeah. So then as it was getting close to seven, which is when the party was supposed to officially start. So the park was closing at six with the idea that they could get non-party guests out between six and seven. All the party themed things were going to start at seven. So we got in line for Space Mountain because at about, I don't know, 630 because the line wasn't very bad at all. And just as we were about to ride, get on, it shuts down. And we were like, oh, no. So we waited because they just said, hold on. So when we got on the attraction, we realized that it actually hadn't been broken, broken. What they'd been doing was switching over to the Halloween party version Uh of Space Mountain, which is pitch dark and with a different soundtrack. So the picture, the attraction photo of my daughter is hilarious because she had just realized that it was the Halloween overlay. And so the look on her face is like hysterical. She's so excited. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. So that was really cool. I like the regular Space Mountain better. Uh Uh, I don't know. I I like having just a little bit of lights in the part where you go through the tour and the lights are, or the, the tube and the lights are flashing at you. But we got off that and our touring plan was really um, rides earlier on and then parade, fireworks, and then try to really meet characters, trick or treat, and catch the very last Hocus Pocus villain spectacular stage show. And we were able to really stick towards that. I couldn't tell you exactly which rides we went on. <laughs> I don't recall. I do know we stopped in a gift shop in Frontierland because. I wanted to get a few party exclusive things. Some were already sold out. Um, The Hocus Pocus pin and the Stitch pin and the Hocus Pocus mug are already gone. They sold out at earlier parties. But I was able to get a Hocus Pocus ornament, Christmas ornament, and I was able to get um, an exclusive Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party pin. Okay. Mickey and Minnie on it. So we got a little bit of that. Um, we wanted to watch the parade. Oh, I know. Before we went to the parade, we decided to go to Sleepy Hollow because I had read a whole bunch of blogs on the special food that they were having. And a lot of the reviews on the specialized food were either, a few of them were like, this is just nasty. Don't eat it. (laughs) But most of them were saying, this is tiny. It's really, really cute, but it's like the size of a matchbox tiny. The, the, um, Cream puff that looks like a doom buggy apparently was teeny, teeny, tiny. The worms and dirt that I think was at Pecos Bills, also teeny, tiny. But the best reviews had been given to the pumpkin waffle zero Sunday, 
at Sleepy Hollow. So it was two pumpkin waffles that had zero from um, the Nightmare Before Christmas on them with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Delicious. And not even all that expensive. I don't remember. Maybe $8, you know, which by Disney prices. Um, yeah. Disney raised prices on snacks while we were there. Oh, wow. And uh, we just escaped a price raise on parking because that went up today, I think. Hmm. So a lot of a lot of prices were going up um, either right before, or right during, or right after our trip. So we got that that Sunday, and then we headed over to Frontierland to try to find a space for the first parade. And it was the first parade was at nine fifteen. This was probably eight fifty, maybe, and it was pretty deep. It was it was already probably at least two people deep all the way down. Um, all the way in Frontierland. I have no idea what Main Street looked like because we were avoiding that. So we were able to find a place, kind of a raised planter that was in front of like Frontier Mercantile or the shooting gallery, right around that area, Country okay. Bears, um, able to stand up and see it. But the unfortunate thing is while we had been having our pumpkin waffle Sunday, it rained. Oh. And so that meant no headless horsemen because it's not safe. And not only no headless horsemen, but that meant like grave diggers just walk in the parade because the ground is wet and they can't make any sparks. Uh. And dancing ghosts don't dance. In fact, nobody dances. <laughs> they just all walk because it's a, you know, it's a safety concern. I, I understand that. But that was really disappointing because uh -huh. we were like, oh, we, we plan to see this parade and be done with parades. You know, we had another party coming, but we were like, we just wanted to do the parade once and have time at this party and the next to spend on other things. Cause there's just not enough time to do everything, but we did that. And then I want to say we went a little bit of trick or treating. Oh, and then we went to meet Ariel and Eric. Cause I really wanted to meet um, a character that you can't normally meet, meet a prince. Um, that line was long. I mean, it didn't seem long, but it took a really long time. Ariel and Eric spent a decent amount of time with each person, but not really with each person. They were really more interacting with each other. So that was a little disconcerting. And then we waited through a break. They had to go on a break. And so I sent my daughters to do a little trick-or-treating. They went on the Journey Under the Sea ride because we were right near there. Uh -huh. Still waiting, still waiting. It's almost our turn. A VIP comes along. I don't know who they were, but I was like, oh, come on. And, you know, the, the daughter was cute, but she was spending so much time there that I really felt, I, I tried to be patient, but I thought to myself, if I were that parent and I looked at this line, I think I would be saying to my, my child, okay, you know, we need to come along now. We've yeah. spent a lot of time with Ariel. We're going to give someone else a chance. Um, these parents were not doing that, but eventually we did get to beat them. We had a picture. That was super fun. They both signed. Um... I had printed these little uh, four by six almost photos that had pictures of each character and you print them on matte paper and take a Sharpie and it's a great autograph thing and then you just can slide it in any photo book that takes a four by six photo and I try to put the signature on one side and a photo of my child with that character on the other side and it makes for a nice little memory autograph book. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, so then we needed to find a place for the fireworks. Um, we were able to squeeze in not too far from the partner's statue. It was somewhere between the partner's statue and Casey's. Um, just squeezed right in and got a, 
a really great view. Luckily, there were there were lots of people, but there were no children on shoulders or super tall people or stuff that we couldn't see around. And that, um, like I said, that fireworks spectacular is amazing. I just, it, it really at the very end took my breath away with the almost, it's like a 180 degrees of fireworks all around you. Nice. So that was really awesome. I had heard that right after the fireworks was a great time to meet those hard to meet characters. So we dashed off to Storybook Circus to try to meet the Seven Dwarfs. And I had checked earlier in the evening and their wait was like 90 minutes and we weren't going to wait 90 minutes. So I peeked my head in because I couldn't see hardly anybody and I thought, are they done? No, they were on break and we were the third people in line. Nice. It was amazing. <laughs> like, and they came back from break like, I don't know, 10 minutes later. It wasn't a long, it wasn't a long break. Um, obviously, that is really no character interaction at all. It's come up here, smile for a picture, move right along. Mm. That's fine. I didn't really expect them to talk. Um, but we considered ourselves very, very lucky because I would say in total, meeting the dwarves took like 15 to 20 minutes. Nice. Um, but I know people who waited hours. Oh, yeah. And from there, we moved on to try to meet... Um, Daisy and Donald, we'd hope to also meet Minnie. Um, in previous years, one line got you into all three. <laughs> this year, it was two separate lines. And that line, it was long. And again, I sent my kids off to trick-or-treat at some of the various places that were nearby. There was a trick-or-treat place, I think, near the Barnstormer. We kind of took turns. Um, met Mickey, or met Donald and Daisy. And I think they cut... The like, we might have been the last group to meet them. Like very shortly after that, they were all done because it was uh, about eleven thirty. Okay. So then we decided, okay, we are going to go trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat. Because at the end of the night, we heard they want to get rid of candy, <laughs> so they're going to be super generous, and you don't have to carry around your heavy candy all night long if you right. wait till ten. And they were pretty generous, especially with my kids. We brought plenty of candy home. We trick or treated in Philharmagic. We trick or treated. So someplace in Tomorrowland and maybe one other place. And then we, we were like, okay, well, we better go find a spot for Villain Spectacular uh, for the midnight show. And we got pretty good. We were kind of, we were pretty close to the front of the stage, but more off to the side. But yet we, we still really could see almost everything. And um, my daughters are 13 and 12. So, it, you know, they're kind of tall. They, they were able to see things and they're tall, but they're skinny. So they don't take a lot of space. Then headed back, took, we may have taken the ferry. I don't remember. We took whichever was going to be fastest to get back. And I mean, it was a late night. It was well past, it was probably one thirty by the time we were getting to bed. Awesome. So your next day, Tuesday the 9th, what was your park that day? Tuesday was Epcot, uh, one of two days. We were meeting up with another family that had similar fast passes to ours. So we roped off Soren, um, and we had no trouble with that. That was a, a great ride. Um, we did some of the things over there in Future World. We had fast passes for Mission Space, and we did that. And a little bit later, we had fast passes for Spaceship Earth. Um, we had some time to kill between the Mission Space and the Spaceship Earth, and I didn't really want to go into World Showcase and have to come back out yeah. back over to Future World. So we spent a little bit of time in Interventions, which was fine, but it was kind of a waste of time, I think. Mm. Um, we 
went to that, I think it's called Club Cool, where you can try different kinds of Coca-Cola from around the world. The kids thought that was cool. We hadn't done that before. Um, but the majority of the time we really wanted to spend in World Showcase, my husband very much wanted to take in the Food and Wine Festival. And so um, we went there and spent, I'd say, most of our time walking around um, about half of the World Showcase that day, eating at different booths. I ate at something from India that was really good. I had a chicken dish from India. I had some wine from Germany. My husband tried some food from Africa and also the India one. And I can't even remember all the things because he was just going off and grabbing things while the kids and I were looking around the different pavilions. Um, we had a fast pass for our for the frozen Frozen Ever After ride. Uh-huh. And that was good. I hadn't been on that before. And that was a that was a fun one. Now, are your kids Frozen fans or are they a little too old for Frozen? What did they think? They, you know, they're a little past loving Frozen as much as they did a few years ago, but they're not over it. Okay. You know, um, they, they still like most of those Disney type things. But when I asked them, hey, do you want to go meet Anna and Elsa? Because we had met them in 2015. They were like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so enough to ride the ride, but not enough to wait in line to meet the characters. Okay. Um, and that really, we had some rain that day as well. I don't remember. I just remember that, you know, it would be short, but it was a pain because we had our ponchos and that was great. We had our stroller cover and we'd put our ponchos on and then it would stop raining and be like, all right, I'm hot now because I'm in a plastic sheet because it's still <laughs> 90 degrees, even though it rained. Take off the poncho, fold the poncho up. Put it's, it's very difficult to fold a poncho. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it's really hard to get it back in the pouch. I just ball it up eventually. I'm, it's, it's yeah. like trying to fold a fitted bottom sheet. I'm like, yes. just ball it up. Who cares? It is exactly like that. I bet you there's like a YouTube channel about how to fold a poncho. But <laughs> anyway, um, and then it would start to rain again. Kidding me? I just folded this thing, which is why I should have just folded up. Um, and then we caught the tail end. Oh, we caught a little bit of illumination. Um, we didn't get there in enough time to get a great spot. And, oh, it's because we tried to go on test track and it was a 60 minute, it was posted 60 minutes, but test track had been broken so many other times during the day that Uh the fast pass line was ridiculously backed up. And so out of maybe eight groups, one would be standby and seven would be fast pass people. So we waited probably 90 minutes, which meant, Yeah, (laughs) which meant by the time that we were able to get ready for eliminations, almost all the good spots were gone because the time had gone by. So we went to about half of eliminations. And then since we knew we were going to be back that next day um, and the family that was with us, they were just done. Their kids Mm -hmm. were tired and hot. We bailed before the end of it. We were like, let's get out of here, beat the crowds, you know, move on. So that was the first, I would say that was the only day that I don't feel we were particularly efficient with our time that we, we could have gotten more done and didn't. Okay. That was pretty much Tuesday. All right. So then Wednesday, the 10th, were you, you said you were back at Epcot the next day? We were back at Epcot. Um, this time it was just us without the family. We had a fast pass for test track. Um, it worked. We got that. We had a couple other fast passes. I don't even remember what they were for. Oh, the seas with Nemo. And I think we had another one for spaceship. Earth. We went on, um, the journey. 
not figment. The one about the land, living with the land. Mm. We had never done that before. That was really cool. That was yeah. very interesting. I think my kids were a little bit bored, but we were like, this is a boat ride and it's not very hot and we're actually learning things. So that was cool. But the, the goal was to really like get done with Future World and go to World Showcase and spend the time there, whether it be my daughters who wanted to take selfies in every single pavilion to my husband who was like, there's more food and wine. Um, <laughs> And we had a two o'clock reservation at Bianapoli. So before we left um, Future World, we did eat at Sunshine Seasons, which I would highly recommend. That food was very good. A lot of variety, um, a lot of ample seating. We got some amazing desserts. So if people are looking for a quick service at Epcot, that I would say is that's your bet. Awesome. To go to Sunshine Seasons. And then we, so we were touring the World Showcase. We went to Bianapoli. Um, got seated very quickly. I had heard the food is great. The service is spotty. I would say that's pretty accurate. Okay. Um, our server was very nice. You know, he, he wasn't rude. He didn't get our order wrong or anything like that. But super duper slow. We sat for at least 10 minutes before anyone greeted us at all. Uh-huh. You know, at, after being seated at our table. Food was fantastic. The pizza was Super delicious. That's really the only thing we tried was pizza. I don't think we even ordered a side of anything. Gotcha. And then we somehow ended up with fast passes for illuminations, but I don't remember how. Maybe I dumped something and picked. I think I dumped like our mission space fast pass and turned it into an illuminations fast pass. And I really wanted to see the American Adventure. We had a DAS to go see, to go on the Frozen ride again. I was worried we weren't going to have time. So I hung out at the American Adventure. My husband and my kids went to ride the Frozen ride. They were actually able to ride the Frozen ride, come back and still see the American Adventure. But they said, uh, when we went on the Frozen ride and we tried to scan our DAS, it didn't work. And they told us to just go. So it's still on there. If you want to take my son, you know, if you two want to go one more time. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that'd be great because I would like to go on that attraction again. We went, we turned the corner, literally turned the corner, and I was like, why are the lights on? Yeah, broken. Evacuated. Sat there for 30 minutes because we were the last boat to be evacuated. That was really stinky. And the whole time, all they could tell us was, we'll be right back and please don't take any pictures. (laughs) So, (laughs) like... I'm going to take a picture if you don't just let me off. And, you know, I said, I'm fast pass for eliminations. And my poor son was like, I'm hungry and I have to go to the bathroom. And all those things. Now, where were you in the ride when that happened? We had barely turned the corner from where you get on. Like, okay. if we had been one group behind, we would not have gotten stuck on the ride. That's gotcha. how quickly it broke down. And actually, we'd experienced some technical difficulties with it the day before. We got stuck in the part where there's fireworks and they're playing for the first time in forever for a really long time so (laughs) you know i would say the test track and frozen are not the most reliable rides in terms of breaking down so they had offered us an anytime fast pass but at that point i knew how long it takes to get those things you got to stand there and the cast member scans your band and it doesn't always work and i'm like we're gonna miss illuminations my kid has to go to the bathroom my family the rest of the family was holding a spot for us in the fast pass section of illuminations Uh uh-huh so we booked it there, were able to see, you know, had a, had a pretty good, I would say we picked up our fast pass as a fourth fast pass. If you can get a fourth fast pass to eliminations, great. 
do not waste any of your regular ones mm-hmm. on that because the fast pass section still had some obstructions. Gotcha. Um, and then we got the heck out of there. Oh, but before we left, I said, let's go to guest services and say, Hey, you know, we broke down. They offered us, a, a, you know, an anytime fast pass, but we didn't want to wait. So they were able to add that on. And that was the end of Wednesday. Awesome. Okay. So Thursday, the 11th, what was that day? Thursday was Magic Kingdom, and we also had tickets to the Halloween party. Um, So we had been at parks all these times, and this was the first day that my husband and my son were getting into Magic Kingdom. We rope-dropped Big Thunder Mountain. We did that and Splash and a lot of the um, Frontierland and Adventureland things. Um, Lunch, I think we just had, like, snacks. We went to Sunshine Tree Terrace for the first time. We'd been Dole Whip people, but I had never tried the citrus swirl, and I actually think I'm a convert and like the citrus swirl better. <laughs> Where is that restaurant? I haven't heard of that before. It's it's in Adventureland right across from Aloha Isle where okay. the Dole Whips are. It's got the little orange bird. The orange bird logo ah. makes you on so many things. Uh-huh. Yeah, back from when the Florida Oranges were a um, primary sponsor of Walt Disney World. Okay. And so we ate there. Um, we had fast passes for, I think, Splash Space, Big Thunder. Oh, this was the day, oh, for the last three days, because we'd had difficulty booking our Fast Passes when my Disney experience went down, we ended up with bonuses. So we had six Fast Passes on that day. So that was pretty amazing because between six Fast Passes and the Disability Pass, we barely had to stand by anything. I think we did stand by for Jungle Cruise, and that was like 30 minutes. Um so then we had a dining reservation for the Skipper Canteen in the afternoon. I was really excited about that because it looked like some really different food. Um, excellent food, excellent service. Sat us down even early because we showed up a little bit early. Um, we were not rushed. I had a salad, and I think the rest of the people had a steak, and we tried some, um, I don't remember the name, but it was like an Asian-inspired, kind of like a pot sticker almost, and that was really good. Nice. Um, so I would, I would definitely recommend the Skipper Canteen. Um, I thought it was a worth it table service. In fact, all three of the table service ones we did, I thought were good choices. We didn't, we didn't have a bad meal at all. Um, and then it was getting close to, you know, party time. We went back through the bypass. We were not in costumes. We, we were the dorky family that had shirts with our names on it and like <laughs> a Halloween themed Mickey that I had purchased an iron on from someone on Etsy. And, um, we hit a lot of the rides. We decided to split up at points because my oldest daughter and my husband and my son really wanted to ride attractions. My younger daughter, my middle child, we were like, let's try the parade again. Cause we'd really like to see it in its you know full form. Right. So we got about a second row spot in Frontierland, probably 30 minutes before the first parade. We just decided to sit down there and we were able to see the whole thing, and it was great. And it was lucky because the people in front of us were kids. I had learned my lesson. They were like, get, get right behind somebody who has small children because <laughs> they're probably going to sit, and you'll be able to see. And the characters love to come over and interact with the children, the, mm. the characters who are in the parade. So that was a great parade spot. We met the Grave Diggers, my daughter and I. That was a fantastic interaction. They spent a lot of time. They were super creepy, something that you're not going to get to do 
at any other time of year. Um, they were hard to find. We had asked about three different cast members, but they were meeting in a gazebo very near the Christmas shop in Liberty Square. Ah, okay. So if any of your listeners want to go to that, that is, uh, that's, I thought that was super cool. That was probably my favorite character interaction. Um, my daughter and I also met Bill and Gaston. They were great. Very, very funny. We didn't have to wait too long. I don't know, 30 minutes maybe. We, we had to wait through one break, but they were really trying pretty hard. Um, we decided to skip the fireworks for a second time. We said, we've already seen that. Oh, we saw the first stage show. We wanted to catch the stage show again, but we caught the 741. Got really good spaces. My husband never made it back to us because he wanted to go get some food at Columbia Harbor House. And by the time he came back, the crowds were so big, he couldn't even find us. But that was fine. He was kind of iffy on the show. Um, and But that is definitely something worth seeing twice, that the, the villain spectacular is really pretty cool. Um, so. so we were happy to have good spots for that. Did some trick-or-treating, um, got the few magic shots that we hadn't gotten before, and got out of there. That was hard getting back. It was so crowded. I think they made, made us take buses because they were like the ferry's going to take 30 or so minutes the monorail line was insane so we took buses back to the ttc and um at the end of that day we were like all right second we're, we're approaching our second day at uh animal kingdom and we've got some fast passes let's not rope drop let's mm. just show up for our first fast pass at 10 15 and we were meeting that same family at 10 15 for everest and that was again that was really good um, nothing really, we split up from that family because they had, I think they had like some ADRs and some different, um, fast passes than we did. Um, they had a grandma with them, so they were traveling a little, a little slower than our pace. Gotcha. Uh, so we went back to, um, we had a, a midday safari that was also good. We saw, you know, we couldn't hear the, the lions roaring, but we saw a lot of other stuff. That That is something really cool. We took the time to go through all of the trails between the two days to see a lot of the animals and learn. And there's some great cast members in there who will educate you on animals and the various wildlife if you're interested in that. My oh, husband's awesome. Thought- we ate at Flame Tree Barbecue. I would recommend that. Tons and tons of seating, good food, barbecue, sandwiches. Um, I, I'm sure they had nuggets. I'm sure somebody in my family had nuggets. But, <laughs> uh, that was a really good one. And then I, we rode Flight of Passage again as the disability passed. And like I said, by that time we were like, yeah, three's good. Um, we rode the Navi River Journey a second time. We'd ridden it once on the first day. I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I would not wait more than 40 minutes for that ride. I, I was not impressed. I mean, it, it was boat ride and it was pretty, but the amount of time. Um, and I will say, I can't remember if it was that day or a different day. Oh, that day. That day was just hot. There was no rain, but it was so hot. At one point, my husband said, what are you mad about? And I was like, I'm mad because this park's really spread out. And we walked from Africa to Asia like 10 times. (laughs) And he's like, well, I can't do anything about that. I said, well, I know you can't, but you asked me what I was mad about. I'm mad about that. Um, And then we decided not to eat dinner there since it was an 8 o'clock close. We decided to go on over to Disney Springs. Um, Busy, really, really busy. We had to park kind of far I would say as an aside, um, probably the two friendliest classes of cast members were the photo pass photographers and the parking 
attendance. Ah. Um, I felt like some of the Disney friendliness and definitely the Disney cleanliness has gone down, unfortunately. But the cast members in PhotoPass and in parking and actually even in guest services the few times we had to go there, they were still top notch. So that was good. And so we just, you know, we ate a little dinner um, and then headed on back because we were looking at our last day in the park, which was Saturday. Okay. So that I'm going to guess was Magic Kingdom. It was, yes. Awesome. So how'd your last day in the parks go? It was great. It was very crowded. Um, I don't know. People, I was reading, people were complaining. They were like, oh, this felt like a, like a eight or nine out of 10. I would have said it was probably like a seven out of 10. Again, we had six fast passes for that day because we'd gotten some bonus and we had the disability pass. So that did enable us to do a lot more than people who were saying, oh, these lines are so long. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have to experience a lot of standby. Um, and we didn't have any ADRs that day. So I'm trying to remember, oh, for lunch, we ate at Pecos Bills. That was also good. And we were smart enough to go early. We went right at 11 because when we got out, it was crazy busy and people were circling for tables like vultures. Um, I finally got the spicy chicken waffle sandwich from Sleepy Hollow. I had been wanting that for years. Uh So good. So big. (laughs) We watched the little Muppets in American history, great moments in American history with the Muppets. Um, What did you think of that show? It was cute. And you know what? At the time, it's not even like an indoor show. It's like they come out of the shutters on the building that I think is the ticket center. It's right next to the Hall of Presidents. And... It was perfect for our timing because by then it was like five o'clock on the eighth day we'd been in the parks. And <laughs> so we were, we were happy when we got there at probably four fifty. I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes before the show. And we're like, where is it? They're like, just sit here on the ground. Yep. Sounds good. We're just sit right <laughs> here on the ground and, you know, eat our snacks and do nothing while we wait for it. So I would say, you know, don't prioritize it over like, thrill rides (laughs) but if you're at the point of your day that you just want a little bit of a break and the weather was pretty nice it was not hot it was not rainy by that I mean it was hot but not as hot as it had been so we were able to do that um we decided to skip we only saw part of the happily ever after fireworks because by that point the crowds were getting kind of big for example we got into line for Winnie the Pooh so it was gonna be like 20 minutes I think it was 45 Mm. Nobody should wait 45 minutes for the Winnie the Pooh ride, in my opinion. <laughs> um, we had a fast pass at nine something for Mine Train, and that ended up just being the last attraction because by that point, weights like my son really wanted to go on Space Mountain again, but it had been broken down. And so by the time it went back up, the weight was insane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would look at that point, we were pretty tired. So while we're in Fantasyland, and they're like, well, Splash Mountain is only 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, I just don't even think I, like the idea of walking and fighting the crowds from Fantasyland all the way down into Frontierland was not that attractive. So we went back to Main Street, got some more pictures, did a little bit of shopping. um, And, you know, we did stay till 11, but we definitely had been winding down and really slowing our pace. But at that point, we'd seen at Magic Kingdom, we saw just about everything we wanted to see. We never rode the teacups. There were a couple other attractions we didn't ride that we didn't care to ride. I would say the teacups are the only thing that we didn't go on that I was kind of like, oh, that's too bad. Mm. 
But by, by nine o'clock at night, we were just at like repeats, you know, <laughs> I had gotten to go on the haunted mansion three times that day, which was awesome. Cause I love the haunted mansion. Uh-huh. So, you know, we didn't feel so bad leaving. So that was the end of our times in the parks. And just to quickly sum up on Sunday, we did a little bit of Disney Springs. We went and looked at the Port Orleans resorts cause we've never seen any of the Disney resorts. And that was really cool. On Monday, we visited the three resorts on the monorail, the Poly, the Contemporary, and the Grand Floridian, all beautiful and different. Um, We ate at Captain Cook's, which is the quick service kind of food court in the Polynesian, and that food was good and a little bit different. Some Asian noodle bowls and some Asian-inspired sandwiches, and they also had some barbecue and I thought really as a food court, like I specifically chose that one because I looked at the menu and I was like, this is something different. And um, if we win the lottery, we'll stay at the Polynesian sometime. (laughs) So that pretty much wraps it up. We left Monday evening, returned our rental car with no problem, hopped on our flight and, you know, four and a half hours later, we're back in Phoenix. Nice. Awesome. Well, what was your overall impression of the resort you guys stayed? It was the Wyndham Bonnet Creek, correct? Yes. I really liked it. I think that um, definitely as a timeshare owner, it's a great place out of out of the Wyndham Resort. They had several pools. They had a couple restaurants. They, like I said, spacious rooms and um, good available parking. I will say the one, the last night we had to check out of Bonnet Creek because we had ended up extending our trip at one point. And so we stayed at the Best Western Lake Buena Vista Disney Springs. Um, really nice people, really nice outside. Definitely glad we were only staying in that room one night. Very rundown, mm. in, in need of renovation. Like I tried to hang my towel on a hook on the back of the bathroom door and the hook fell off and pulled <laughs> the door with it kind of thing. Oh, goodness. I told my kids, don't sit on the carpet. That doesn't look <laughs> like a place you should sit. Um, so, you know, again, if, for a one night thing, it's fine. I don't think that I would recommend a family vacation at the Best Western yeah. um, unless they get, you know, unless they renovate their rooms. But we definitely um, liked the Bonnet Creek. I, I would recommend it. And our friends who just reserved there because they, you know, they have some rooms that they'll just let you pay for, even if you're not a timeshare owner. They liked it, too, because of the space and the availability of a kitchen. We never paid for breakfast. The kids always ate breakfast in the room or in the car on the way to the parks or while we were waiting to rope drop or something like that. Awesome. So I know that staying on site and off site, you know, obviously a lot of it's just personal preference, but if you had someone who said to you, you know, I know that there are some options when you're staying off site that either, you know, let you save money or let you have, you know, more space for the same amount of money as on site, but giving up those perks, I just feel like my vacation would suffer from it. What would you say to them about staying off site? I'd say if you are a type of person who expects to spend a decent amount at your resort, if you are the type who wants to go back in the middle of the day, um, you're really going to take advantage of those food courts and pools and things like that. I can see staying on property. Considering we basically slept in our room and ate breakfast, um, the savings was far, far worth it to us. The savings and as a family of five, not having to be squished into a room. Now my daughters this summer stayed at the all-star music. Um, and so they did have the opportunity, you know, they could be there. They weren't on the dining plan. They could eat in the food courts, which anyone can do. They had the Disney buses, but 
being at All Stars, they were far. So those buses took a while. And there were times that the buses were full and they had to wait for the next one. And their room was pretty small. Now it was, you know, young girls, so it was not a big deal. Um, so I think it really depends. If, if you are going to enjoy the resort, then maybe staying on property. If all you need is a place to sleep, I say save your money and stay off. Awesome. Okay. So based on this trip, what tip would you give to a first timer? I would say plan your fast passes, plan your food, you know, really do your research. Cause I would still find people who were like, wait, people would walk up to the thing uh, at flight of passage and be like, how do we get a fast pass? You know, and you wanted to be like, mm, even I couldn't get like, even people who sometimes stay on property can't get them. You know, it was just the, the lack of realization of how much planning goes into it. Yeah. Um, so I think that that would be the thing. And also just temper your expectations. The first time we went, we went for five days and we had two at Magic Kingdom and one at each of the other parks. And we said, oh, that's not enough time. Seven will be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be able to do everything we want to do. Nope. We still didn't do everything we wanted to do. <laughs> so there's just that that's something that I think you need to really kind of um, prioritize. The other thing I would say to first timers is um, please do not stop in the middle of a walkway and look at your map, especially <laughs> if you are already walking for abreast because you're going to obstruct traffic and you're likely going to get hit by somebody's stroller and nobody's going to be happy. So, you know. Again, making that plan and kind of knowing what you're going to do and where things are ahead of time will make your life easier as well as the life of the other guests around you. Awesome. All right. So then my last question, do you have a return trip either to Disney World or Disneyland in mind for the future? Yes, on both. Um, Disney World, we're definitely going to wait until, um, probably until Star Wars Land is open. Not so much about Star Wars, but um, waiting, maybe trying to get there in 2021 to coincide with the 50th anniversary. Also, because it's going to take us time to save money yeah. <laughs> to take another trip. Um, Disneyland being closer. Um, I have two daughters in middle school each year as an eighth grader, their chorus takes a trip to Disneyland. And so I'm going to go as a chaperone. Um, I hate chaperoning, but I love Disney. <laughs> so I will be going to Disneyland, um, in March though. I think we only have one or two days at the park. So that'll be a little different for me. It'll be different because even though I'm a chaperone, the kids really are able to go on their own. So that'll be my first time as an adult being able to do what I want, you yeah. know, go to the tiki room and I don't want to hear anyone complain about the tiki room. <laughs> um, on the other hand, I've never, we've never done Disneyland for fewer than four days. So I cannot imagine like what I'm going to have to do with only two days to, yeah. to get it all done. But yeah, so I've got that one on the horizon. And then I assume if I go as a chaperone for my oldest daughter, my next daughter will also want me to chaperone that next year. So we've probably got at least two Disneyland trips um, in the future. And then I think, I think when we go back to world, we may consider not going in October. We went for our fall break, but, um, I love Halloween and the weather actually in Phoenix cooled off quite a bit. And so we were like, Oh, it's too bad. We couldn't enjoy Disney and October in Phoenix. So mm -hmm. we may look at another time. Um, maybe spring break. I, I know some families pull their children out of school. Um, I, 
I'm not comfortable with that. I feel like we need to adhere to the times that my kids are actually off school. So I realize that that means we're going to run into crowds no matter when we go, because that's just how it is. But we may be looking at a different time of year, a different school break. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about your trip. It was definitely a lot of fun to hear. Thank you. And thank you for putting up with all my wordiness. I appreciate it. <laughs> I I mean, the whole reason I started this podcast is because someone would say, how was your trip last week? And I'm like, oh, do you have three hours? And right. they're, they're like, no, I wanted you to say it's good and then move on. So yes. I totally understand the, the excitement and the level of detail. And for those of us who are not at Disney World and weren't there recently, it helps us to just get to pretend like we were there with you. So awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Monica. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Monica's trip. Personally, I have stayed on site for all of my recent Disney trips, but I know that if we explored offsite options, we could potentially save some money or be opening up more options as far as like multi-bedroom suites and things like that. So it's really helpful for me to hear from somebody who had a trip where they stayed off site and didn't have some of those Disney on-site perks, but still had a great trip. All right. Well, my things I like this week uh, I'm going with the Hall's strawberry flavored cough drops. These things are amazing. They taste so much better than the cherry ones or those super gross honey lemon ones. Anyway, I've been sucking these things down for a while now and they're pretty awesome. All right. Well, that is it for this week. As always, follow me on Twitter at mouse and back pod, rate me or leave me a review on Apple podcasts, subscribe to the show, but most importantly, have an awesome week. Bye everybody.